morning, everyone. Very warm welcome to our service this morning. And also want to acknowledge those who are online. Very warm welcome to all of you as well. Hallelujah. This is a beautiful day. Amen. Amen. This is a beautiful day that the Lord has given to us. And look at one another. Oh, you are so beautiful, so handsome. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So before we even start, you know, listening to the Word of God, can I invite all of us, even the children, we just close our eyes and to give thanks to God. How about that? Let's do that. Let's give thanks. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? You tell Jesus, tell God, God, I am very thankful for good food. Mm. Everybody had breakfast? Okay. All right, let's, let's give thanks. Father God, we want to say thank you to you. Thank you that we have this place that we can come, that we can sit down, that we can use the aircon, so comfortable, Lord, that we can have live stream. Thank you for all this. Thank you for the facility that we can have, even toilets that are comfortable, clean water to use, Lord, musical instruments that are of good quality that we can use. Lord, we want to say thank you. Thank you for electricity. Thank you for the Wi-Fi. Thank you, God, for the handphones that you've given to us. Thank you. Thank you for the cars that you've given to us that we can, Lord, no need to take the bus, but we can, Lord, drive our own car to come to church. Thank you for the free parking today. Thank you, God, for this as well. Thank you, God, for the roads that we have, Lord, that we can have access to the church. Thank you, God, that you've given us finances to buy petrol. Thank you, God, that you've given us food and drinks. Thank you, God, that you've given us parents, you've given us siblings, you've given us grandparents, you've given us houses to stay in. Thank you, God, for all this, that we have comfortable bed to sleep on, that we have a living room and even television to watch. Thank you, God, for all this access that we have. Lord God, to all this technology, we want to say thank you to you. Thank you, God. Lord, whether it's small things, big things, thank you for the air that we breathe in. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your love. Thank you that, God, you forgive our sin. Thank you not only forgive, but you die for our sins, or to die to pay the price that we are supposed to pay, but you pay it for us. Oh, God, thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence here with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There is one thing that sometimes, you know, we do in Icebreaker. There's a game that sometimes we play. And then we ask everybody, you know, like Icebreaker, like in small groups, we used to have small groups. And even like when we have new groups, new people coming into the group, sometimes we play some Icebreaker to have some fun. Uh, and get to know each other and have a warm atmosphere, right? And joke around. There's one thing that we like to ask is that, have you been asked this question? If you are stranded on an island, what would you like to have with you? 
Have you been asked this? Like sometimes in icebreaker, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what would you like? How many things you need? A house. Yes. <laughs> A house with everything in it. <laughs> yeah, with everything in it. A house. What else? <laughs> what was the first thing that came to your mind? Doraemon. Oh, see, you want Toremon to take you out, like, bring Toremon with you, okay. Oh, interesting, okay. Anyone else? What else? Do I? So, what's the first thing? Or sometimes it's not just one thing, there's several things, right? After you say the one thing, it's like, hey, macam tidak cukup, I need this, I need this, I need this, and this, and this, and this, and this. So many, we want to take the whole world with us to that island, right? Okay. So today, that is what we want to talk about. When you say you have many things, what is the one thing that is most important? So that's why tonight, and not tonight, this morning, we want to talk, is that what is that one thing? What is that one thing in our life that we really, really need? Let's read together in Luke chapter 10. This is a passage that we are uh, quite familiar with. Luke chapter 10. Verse 38 to 42. Okay, I think we are ready, you know. So we see that in the book of Luke, Jesus has already started his ministry. Yeah, a lot of it is in Galilee at the north. Okay, for those who are in the youth, you know where's Galilee, right? So now Jesus is moving down to the south. He wants to go to Jerusalem. Right? Jerusalem. So as he was traveling to Jerusalem, in verse, chapter 10, verse 38, he entered a village. Okay, let's read together. Now it happened as they went and that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Let's read from another translation. Okay, is it up? All right, okay, let's read together. As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Mary and Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. 
The master said, "Mata, dear Mata, you are fussing too too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main cause, and won't be taken from her." Amen. Amen. So we see in this passage that. Mary, we know from the Bible that Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus, they are good friends of Jesus. And when Jesus came to this village that they live in, it's called Bethany, Martha welcomed Jesus. Can you imagine Jesus coming to your house? Because by that time, he's quite well known. Right? He has been discipling, he has disciples, and he has healed many people, cast out demons. Right? So, Imagine Jesus, the one who healed, the one who cast out demons, uh, the one who's the great teacher, coming to your house. And of course, you want to prepare everything, get ready for him and those who are with him. So Martha was getting ready, you know, Mary was there as well. But at that time, Mary was decided to leave everything, put everything down and sit at the feet of Jesus. Sit there and be with Jesus. When they say sit at the feet, that means she is close to Jesus. Sat close, listening to the instruction of Jesus in great devotion, with great reverence for the Lord. Huh? Not just chin oh, you know, like, all this kind of thing, but with great honour, great reverence for this, what the Lord wants to say. And we see from that passage, she was hanging on to every word. Have you seen somebody does that to you when you say something? They're like so attentive and they're like hanging on to the words, you know, something that you say to them. So there was that kind of devotion that Mary has that she just hang on to the word. And Mary, Martha was there. Martha was listening as well. But as we can see from the passage, she was a bit distracted already. She was pulled away. She was dragged around, in a sense. She was pulled around by all this, served the things that she wanted to do. It's not that serving is not good, but here we can say, is it by much serving? Okay? By over busy or overly occupied with it. Right? Or there was too many that she wanted to do, which was maybe not so important. Like Jesus was telling her, you are fasting far too much, too much. Okay? It's just that over, over. Do we tend to do that? I tend to do that sometimes. It's just too much and I have to pull myself back. Is it really necessary, you know, to do that? Okay, so like, is it far too much? Is it too many that is... We get so worked up, and Jesus said, like, you are worked up over nothing. Okay? Over nothing. Over nothing. But Jesus, when he speaks that, he wasn't scolding her. As you can see, the second passage, I mean, the second translation he used, it expressed it quite well. It Mary, Martha, dear Martha. Okay? With compassion, Jesus is speaking to Martha. Martha, dear Martha. Okay, it's, just, it's just too much. It's not necessary. But there's one thing that is important, and I just want to tell you about it. 
and Mary has chosen it. And of course, I will not go and ask her to get, you know, deny her of this that she has chosen, which is a good part. So today, I want to, to, to ex tell us is that God's heart for us, He is so compassionate. And today, it's not that He wants to come and scold us, this and this and that. But He's saying, my child, my child, maybe you're fussing a bit, you know, of things that are not so important. Come back to that one thing. Come back to that one thing. And we need to be very intentional, you know. We need to be very intentional about it. If not, it's easy to just get on with life and let life drag us around, let, uh, uh, let life distract us, pull us, and then we forgot about that one thing that is most important. So one thing that is most important, the greatest possession or the greatest treasure is close fellowship. I put it here, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay? We don't want to just keep saying, oh, Father, Father, and then we didn't talk about the Jesus, we didn't talk about Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but when, when I was growing up, I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. Uh, when I was in Form 4, you know, in my secondary school, I joined the Christian Fellowship. And the leader of the Christian Fellowship actually wanted to meet me, this sister. She's now a pastor. She wanted to meet me, you know, she wanted to... Uh, she, she comes from another church, she said, Margaret, I want to meet you after school, okay? Uh, let's meet up, uh, let's say 2 o'clock. I want to talk to you. Uh, about the, I think he was going to say something about Holy Spirit. I forgot whether she mentioned Holy Spirit or not. But I remember as I was waiting for her, I got very scared because I kept thinking, your yeah, Holy Spirit is so strange, oh. you know, uh, so weird things that, you know, people do when they're under the Holy Spirit or whatever. I get very scared. I don't know who is this Holy Spirit. And then in the end, I found Fuiki, you know, <laughs> I ran away, you know, before she came, I quickly ran away. <laughs> So I missed the opportunity to know the Holy Spirit. I wish, you know, sometimes when I look back now, I say, oh God, I, oh God, I say, I, I wish I had the courage to stay back and just listen. But I gave in to fear and I ran away. If not, when I'm overseas, you know, I have the Holy Spirit, the knowledge of the Holy Spirit when I'm studying overseas, but I don't have. And only when I came back, from finish, after I finished my study, I came back, yeah, I joined a conference, I think some of you remember, by Bill Sabrisky, and that's the way I received the Holy Spirit, okay? Even though I was scared, but you know, I just, okay, I want it, and then I want the Holy Spirit. So, I understand if you're scared. <laughs> it looks weird, because people will uh, do all kinds of actions, it's like, oh, what's that, you know, I don't want to look like that. <laughs> But it's not so much about that, but it's that relationship, it's that fellowship with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, and with God the Father. One thing, this is what we start with, one thing, what is the greatest possession? What is the greatest treasure? You have it. I have it. Remember that. You already have it.
you have the greatest treasure. You have the greatest possession that no money can buy. No amount of gold. You have it. I have it. Treasure it. Friends. And so God encouraged us. Okay, let's look at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 22 to 34. This is also a passage that we are very familiar with. Okay, let's read together. Then he said to his disciples, Okay, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the reverence, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. No sin, yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind for all these things the nations of the world seek after. Father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens does not fail, where no thief approaches, no moth destroys, for where your treasure is. Day your heart will be also. Amen? Right? So this is a passage that we are very familiar. But let me read from other translations. Is that okay? Yeah? I'm going to read from two more translations. Okay, then as we read, let us be encouraged with what the Lord is speaking to us this morning. I'm going to read from... Uh, Another translation, but it's not on the slide, so we can just listen. Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Listen to me. Never let anxiety enter your hearts. Don't let it come in. Never worry about any of your needs, such as food or clothing, for your life is infinitely more than just the food you eat or the clothing you wear. Take the carefree birds as your example. Do you ever see the birds worry? Do you see them sweat? We have many birds here. You <laughs> can check it out. Any sweats or not. They neither grow their own food nor put it in a storehouse for later. Yet God takes care of every one of them, feeding each of them out of the abundance of His love and goodness. Isn't your life more precious to God than a bird. Be carefree in the care of God. Don't worry. Does worry add anything to your life? Can it add one more year? Can it even add one day? So if worrying adds nothing, but actually 
subtracts from your life. Why would you worry about God's care of you? Think about the lilies. They grow, they become beautiful, not because they work hard or strive to clothe themselves. Yet not even Solomon, wearing his kingly garments of splendor, could be compared to a field of lilies. If God can clothe the fields and meadows with grass and flowers, can he not clothe you as well? Oh, struggling one with so many doubts, I repeat, don't let worry enter your life. Live above the anxious cares about your personal needs. People everywhere seem to worry about making a living, but your Heavenly Father knows you, your every need and will take care of you. As you passionately seek His kingdom above all else, He will supply your needs. So don't be afraid, dearest friends. Your loving Father joyously give you His kingdom with all its promises. Now go and sell what you have and give to those in need. You will be making deposit in your account in heaven, an account that will never be taken from you. Your gifts will become a secure and unfailing treasure deposited in heaven forever. Where you deposit your treasure, that is where you fix your thoughts and your hearts will long to be there also. Amen. I will continue. Just meditate on the word of the Lord. In another translation, it says that Jesus continued this subject with his disciples. Don't fast about what's on the table at meal times or if the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your inner life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the ravens, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, carefree in the care of God, and you count far more. Has anyone, by fasting before the mirror, ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? If you're fasting, can't even do that. Why fast at all? Walk into the fields and look at the wild flowers. They don't fast with their appearance. But have you ever seen colour and design quite like it? The ten best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to wild flowers, most of them never ever seen, don't you think He will attend to you? take pride in you and do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, not to be preoccupied with getting, so you can respond to God's giving. But you know, both God, eh, sorry, people don't know God, who don't know God and the way he works fast over these things, but you know both God and how he works. So steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. 
you will find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. You are my dearest friends. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. Be generous. Give to the poor. Get yourself a bank that can't go bankrupt. A bank in heaven far from bank robbers, safe from embezzlers. A bank you can bank on. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. I want to repeat this from this verse. What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, not to be preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, and God provision. God knows what we are concerned about. He's encouraging us today. Don't let worry enter in. Don't let anxiety enter in. He talked about bank. We can truly relate to that, isn't it? In, in situations like that, in the con world condition like this, we are not sure what is stable and what is not stable. What is the guarantee? Nobody can guarantee anything like that. But God says, don't be so preoccupied, overly occupied about getting so that we can focus on God's giving. Has God given us? Yes. Everything. He gave us His Son. And that is something that nobody can give. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. He has given us His life. And here, God encourages, I give you my kingdom, you know. So why are you worried about earthly, you know, money? So use it. You know, use it. You, you need it for your own life. Use it, but don't worry about it. You need it to give it and bless it. But bless others, give to the poor. You already have the kingdom. I already have the kingdom. It's just that we are not so conscious of it sometimes because we get preoccupied with many things, distracted by many things, but actually we have more, so much more. My friends, so let us treasure who God is. Let us treasure what we have through Christ and in Christ. And let us treasure the Spirit of God. Amen. As we meditate on the Word of God, you know, it, you just want to treasure, intentionally treasure it. Who is this God? By worshipping, by giving thanks, by praising Him. Intentionally treasure it, what we have through Christ. What do I have through Christ? Search in the Bible. Go to the Word of God. What do I have in Christ? Go to the Word of God. Who is God? What is He like? Go, go to His Word. And who is the Spirit of God? The Spirit 
of God who lives in us. Amen. So wonderful. You know, we are so familiar with John chapter 3, verse 16, right? For God so loved the world. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple. You already are. You are not trying to go and get it, to have more, I mean, to get it, get it. You already are the temple. You already have what the Lord wants to give to you. It's just that we don't realize it with conscious, you know, think about it, take hold of it, and walk in it. Amen? What are the things that would distract us? Today, can I just bring up just one matter? I want to bring up a matter about idols. You know, idols, right? we have American idols. I like to watch it. Sometimes I watch it and see all this, okay, singing, because I enjoy listening to the, the, how the people sing the song. And, you know. So idols, what are idols? We know what are idols. Okay, I just have a, a translation, not tra a definition here. Okay, in the context of what we are saying today, what is an idol? It is the thing or a person. You know, it can be a place or an activity. Again, okay, I didn't put that. It can be a place, an activity, a person, a thing that we love more than God. We wanted more than God, desire more than God, treasured more than God, enjoyed more than God. We go to it for satisfaction, for comfort first. You know, we go to it first for peace, for comfort. I'm talking to myself, you know, about this. Um, Shall I confess? Okay, no. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I want to comfort myself, I'm thinking about a nice cafe, you know, <laughs> that I can sit and comfort. And then it's not just one time, and then sometimes I rely on that. Okay? Sometimes we go, it's okay, but sometimes there's a tendency to rely on it. Rely on that to give me that kind of comfort. To rely on it to give me that kind of peace. Instead of going to the Prince of Peace, instead of going to the God of all comfort, instead of going to the God who supplies all my needs first, instead of going to the God who is my healer first. But my heart has gone, you know, to a different place instead of God first. Sometimes, you know, idols, yeah, it can be things, you know, it can be fashion, it can be even our work or our ministry that we put first. Or it can be sometimes even the way we think, some, some thoughts that we hold on to, okay? Uh, sometimes we make a judgment against a person, we want to hold on to that, you know, we idolize it, we keep thinking about it. Or it can be a person, it can be our family, it can be other kind of relationship, you know, it can be um, dieting, you know, diet, beauty, whatever. It can be so many things. We know, right? We, we can ask the Lord, show us if there are things that I have idolized. It can be money, it can be wealth, it can be my car. You know, what have we idolized? What is our soul relying on? And sometimes, the more our soul relies, remember these are idols. Huh? They are idols and we keep relying on it. We may be waging war, our soul, against the spirit of idolatry. 
Then sometimes we say, wait, I can't break this habit. Or why can't I break it? You know, I keep wanting and wanting and wanting to do it. But because we have allowed that to become our idol, and therefore we are in some kind of bond, yeah, we're in a bondage in that. You know, I, have a, I, I remember I have a friend, she lives in Korea. She said in Korea, as a woman, you cannot go out if you don't have makeup on. Not like here, watch. <laughs> I'm on stage, I don't have makeup, you know, because of the <laughs> mask and everything. But in Korea, she said, it's a no-no. Yeah, you cannot have. Then you, like, that's why she told me, like, yeah, I've never been to Korea. Like, Korea. For her, her culture there is that we must always have makeup on when we go out. It's never. So that's why they, will, they are very, you know, they're very careful about this kind of things for in, in their culture. But what is it that we depend on? Is it our status? Is it our race? Is it our position? What is it that we are relying on instead of God? And remember, if there's an idol, there's an altar. Right? We have an altar that worships the idol, isn't it? And when we have an altar, how is the altar becomes strong? Is that when we service the altar. How do we service the altar? Depending on what is the idol that we, are, we have in our hearts. So if for me, example, I keep wanting to find comfort in going to a place, I want to eat, I want to drink, I want to find comfort. Actually, it's false comfort. Lah. I don't get that kind of comfort. <laughs> you know, but, but if I keep doing it, and I keep doing it, and every time I feel discomfort, I don't have peace. And I keep relying on being in a cafe to have peace, to have peace, to have peace. It's like I'm servicing that altar. Right? Servicing that altar and servicing and strengthening that, energizing that spirit that is behind it that wants to keep me in bondage to this altar. And God says in the first commandment in Exodus 20, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any images, you know, and worship those. Okay? So you will not do that because I'm a jealous, I'm a jealous God. And so in our hearts, sometimes, besides God, there are idol idols. And then sometimes we service those altars. We pray, we reject the idols, but we forgot Altars are still there that we need the Lord to help us. We want to destroy those altars. And sometimes it could be generational altars of different kind of idols. And therefore we become easily entangled in this kind of similar idolatry. And so we want to ask the Lord today, right, to help us. Because all these idols, they give the enemy a legal right to come and torment us, to hold us in bondage, to draw us away from the Lord. Amen. You know, like my parents, they are not in KK, they live in Kampong. Yeah? They live in the Kampong. My parents are always there in the Kampong. 
but it is up to me whether I want to go to the kampung or not to see them. Isn't it? God is always here for us, but it is up to us whether we want to come to Him or not. So it is up to me whether I want to go to the kampung to see my parents. It is up to me right? how I want to go, whether a car or you know, go with somebody else or get a bus. How do I get there to meet my parents? And sometimes when we go along the way, right, uh, we get distracted. We oh, yeah, are shopping. Oh. Now reach Nabalu, you know, so many things to buy. Let's shop, shop, shop. Okay, or food and eat and then get distracted, right? Uh, and then reach run now. Oh, yeah, KFC is so good. Let's eat, you know, let's enjoy. Uh, by the time, it's like nighttime when you get to the kampong. So along the way, there may be some things that may distract us, some things that are necessary, but then we're overly occupied with it. Or sometimes there are road blockage. Sometimes there are, you know, landslide. Doesn't it sound like our life? <laughs> okay. But, you know, my parents are always there. They didn't move further away. You know, God, He didn't move further away. He is there. He didn't move. Okay. We just need to come to Him like Mary at the feet of Jesus. Give him time. You know, be with him. Because that's his heart's desire. Lastly, you know, in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4. Let's read together. Exodus chapter 19, verse 4. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Hallelujah. God is saying to the Israelites, after they have come out from Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, given them food from heaven, water from the rock, defeated the Malachites. See what I did to the Egyptians. Those who have, you know, who have hold you, held you in bondage. See what I have done to with them, and I bore you on eagles' wings. I give you what you need: food, water, clothes. No problem. No holes. Nothing. Shoes. Perfect. But listen to the last line: I brought you to myself. I didn't bring you out so you can go shopping there, you know, in the desert or what. But I brought you to. Wow, our God is so jealous, you know. He's such a jealous God. He loves us so much. He brought us out to bring us to Himself. So God brings us to Himself. He wants to meet us. He wants to speak with us daily, continually. Actually, this is what I sense. We talk about one thing, that one thing is that close relationship with God. And actually, God is calling us, come, 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 come to me. One thing, come to me. You know why? I'm sure there are many other reasons, but today I feel that God is saying is that, you know, one thing I want you close is because, ding, 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 okay. <laughs> I want to talk with you. I really need to talk with you. 
I need somebody to listen. I need you. I want to speak to you. Amen. I want to seek to you. So this is what I want to share this morning. I want to give us an opportunity. If any one of us here, in our hearts, we feel that, you know, God, I, I really need you. And maybe, you know, I have not said that, that I want to believe in you. Today, I want to say that I believe in you. I also want to give us an opportunity today, if there is any idols in our heart that we want to repent of, let us repent. Let us return to the Lord and say, God, I'm very sorry. I'm so sorry because I worship idols. I worship other gods. And I've been servicing this altar and I don't want this altar anymore, you know. <laughs> I don't want to have these kind of altars in my life because it keep pulling me back to service it, to service it. I don't want I don't want. And let us come to him because he's so desire. He is desiring to speak to us, to say something to us. Hallelujah. So let us pray. Come, let us pray. You know, our Father is not here to condemn anyone. Our Father is here to love us. Our Father is here to bring us back to himself, close to him. He's concerned about all the distractions, all the idols that are pulling us away, that are dragging us around and round and round. They have become too occupied that we are not able to see God's giving, what he has given what He has initiated, what He has provided, the reality of God in our life. Father, for us, Lord, we ask that You have mercy on us. We do not know You. Forgive us in our hearts where we have idolatry in us. Lord, we committed idolatry sin of idolatry. We have idols, different kind of idols. Some of them look so innocent, so necessary, but God, we idolize it. We make them as number one instead of you. And slowly it became a habit because God, thank you for helping us to know that actually there's an altar that we are servicing this altar that the idol yeah, is connected to. We ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your forgiveness. Forgive our ancestors for worshipping idols, different kind of idols. Lord, only you know. Some we know, some we don't know. But Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask that you cleanse us with your blood, Lord Jesus Christ. And you shut the mouth of the accuser against us. And Lord, we don't want this anymore. We don't want all these idols. And we don't want this altar in our lives, in our generation or in our descendants. Lord, we don't want this anymore. God, would you come, set us free. 
dismantle, we crush it, destroy this altar. And Lord, thank you for you have brought us out from this bondage, from idolatry. You bore us on your eagles, on eagles' wing, and you bring us to yourself. We are relying on you. We are relying on the finished work of Jesus Christ. We are relying on you, Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us. Lord, for any one of us, whether here in the church or online, we are not sure of our relationship with you, but we want to be sure today. We want to know and be sure that God, we are in a relationship, in a covenant with you, in relationship with you. We want to believe in you. We want to hold on to you. And you say in your word, we, just, we come to you and confess that you are Lord Jesus Christ. You are Lord of my life. Jesus, I want you to be God of my life. I believe in you. I want you to be my God. Please forgive me of my sins. Draw me closer. Help me to know you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, each and every one of us today to come to you. That one thing, to have that close fellowship with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you for your longing, your yearning to speak to us. We are so sorry that we are so distracted. But Lord, here we are. Speak, Lord. Your children are listening. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen.